Uh, hey everybody, it's Stephen Thomas with Seaport Real Estate. I'm here with Zachary Friedman from Old Coast Heating and Air. This is an episode of Port Talk, and uh, welcome, Zach. That's nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks thank for you. having me. Yeah, and we were just talking about uh, heating and air, um, all the little things that go into the systems, purifying the air. Um, I was going to mention, I kind of found y'all because I live on East 38 there. Um, just kind of going around. I always see see the office when I drive home on Price. Like right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I um, actually my first apartment was at 38th and Habersham. Awesome. It's, uh, it was 412 East 38th. Not the one that burned down, but the like building. Well, the, yeah, there's like the apartments on the right that burned, but it's like the one on the left. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's ironic that we bought that shop because you know uh, I'd always seen it, and then the. Um, the, the actual purchase of that shop is like one of those like real estate miracle stories. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to know the previous owners? Or? It was when I had heat and air conditioning, right? And um, these two guys were retiring and this shop was slap full of shit. I mean, floor to ceiling with crap they hadn't gotten rid of. You know, stuff I could use but a lot that I had to kind of get rid of. And because of that, the real estate had kind of turned off a lot of other buyers. So then I, they, they had this young agent who had a good bit of experience with owner finance stuff because that's how his father did mm. a lot of his real estate stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the famous uh, Dr. Trout. And <laughs> so, um, you know, he, he talks to, you know, they, they ended up uh, owner financing that thing to me in like second, third year business. And it was like 150. I mean, you know, awesome. it, it needed work, but it's that whole swath of property minus the yellow building and that empty lot that I bought later to go ahead and give us that whole, you know, everything between 38 and 39 and back you know, I think it's four lots on each side. And so it's enough for us to operate out of. It's it's weird because the building itself was, uh, you know, I, I did some, it was stable at one point, and then, um, you know, according to the stuff, you know, Whitaker Labs gave me when they did the, the, uh, the environmental. Yeah. At some point it was a service station, but not with tanks or anything. This is like, uh, you know, right after horse and buggy. Because mm-hmm. there's some evidence that that it was like a buggy repair place or something, you know, uh, like the shit that the horses drag around now. Yeah. And in the back of the building, there were these big steel doors, and, you know, it looks like a barn. I mean, you know, barn wood alongside, it's all built and structured like one, and had stuff in there like there had been stables before, before the pad was poured. Um, because in some of the places where we cut the floor, there's there's sections where you could see there was, you know, like previous posts, mm. which had no, made no sense until we got the environmental ones. Now that makes sense. These would have been where they would have, you know, the stable section would have been. And that's why all those posts were there. Um, because, yeah, I mean, they were pretty much in a line. We went ahead, because we were cutting, just happened to be cutting a vertical line down the concrete. You know, one after another. It's so weird. 
to get that building itself swallowed in. Unlike uh, a lot of stuff in Savannah, that thing's built to the edge. I mean, it's, you know, mm -hmm. pre-MPC dominance of, you know, anything happening. Definitely. And, I mean, it's built to the, uh, the inch edge of the property on one side, which is wild. So, I never touched that wall. It's things But it's interesting because, I mean, you know, now that wouldn't fly at all. You know, if you, you tried to get clearance to build anything to the edge of a property line, it'd be no fucking way. Mm -hmm. So the, the warehouse side of the, the building is like know, five, six thousand square foot. It did, uh, it's, it's just an interesting property. Every time we have to work on it, you find something new. Um, yeah, I recently converted one section to a classroom, and then the other section to our middle service office. And when you go into the main office, whenever we did all that, that has all the wood that I used to create that bread box to be on there. It's all, um, uh, what do you call it, you know, it's, uh, it's like kiln-dried, reused wood, uh, recovered wood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as well as a bunch of other stuff I did in there. So when, when I was rehabbing that old place, I just kept getting a bunch of local materials that, you know, at the time from a, another one of Savannah's interesting characters, Ramsey Politi. I know him. Yeah. Well, Southern Pine. Right? Yeah. Fascinating guy. Um, you know, doing business with him is like... Um, always an interesting experience but he had great product right and uh so at the time i traded like a mini split air conditioner for all the material i used to redo that section and most of what we did was subtractive you know just revealed other elements that were there and went ahead and opened it up so you could see those and where most people would actually install facades to create that effect all we had to do was Remove. Mm. So that whole section, other than where you know we dropped in the, the things we built out of the covered copper, you know, to segregate the desks, so each employee could have you know, somewhat of a like, personal space. Everything was just taking stuff away and just adding that that pine, and it turned out nice. That's awesome. So. Having an office like that, it's uh, just a couple admin people and then storage for uh, air conditioning units, stuff like that? Uh, store for parts. Uh, I have contracts that I put with the suppliers where they keep most of the heavy equipment. And then uh, we have a consignment uh, deal with our material vendors who you know, come in and replenish and stuff like that. And then we, you know, I have... Uh, our production manager, our service manager, and office manager there all the time, as well as CSR, Francis, you know, for all of our media stuff, and um, our dispatcher. So you know, there's you know, there's there's a decent amount of uh, activity going on there every day. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And um, just to introduce uh, our guest here today, uh, we have Zachary Friedman with Old Coast Eating and Air. Uh, located in Thomas Square of Savannah and uh, so I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with us um, oh, no problem. Yeah. and so tell me you serve 
Savannah and South Carolina. Yeah. Area. yeah we, uh, you know, we, we function on both sides of the border. Um, you know, I, have, I have another office in Hilton Head, and that covers our Bluffton, Hilton Head, Buford, all, you know, all that territory, um, you know, and surrounding uh, areas. And then, you know, our principal office here in Savannah, which goes, you know, as far down as Jekyll. Uh, with the bulk of our client base you know, in the city itself. In fact, uh, I want to say it's like 85% of our clients are in Chatham County or within the city of Savannah, which is Chatham County as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, have you been in Savannah for a long time? Did your family grow up around here? No, I actually moved here from Baltimore. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, was, um, my wife was a uh, SCAD student, my girlfriend at the time, and... Uh, she wanted to go back um, after, you know, she took a break because the first round of donations to Paula's wallet weren't enough. And so uh, you know, she went back on that adventure. And I followed her down here. Which, you know, so it worked out for one of us. Um, and, you know, she spent, I don't know, eight, eight, nine years figuring out what she wanted to do there. Has enough credits to have, like, uh, way past a master's and anything else, but nothing in a confined area. Yeah. Um, yeah Scab just kind of lets you do that. And um, she, actually, she, you know, she stopped going, I don't know, after doing it for about 10 years. She did her store, you know, preservation, she did advertising. Um, I wonder at this point if there's actually any major she didn't uh, give a go for. That sounds like a good old college try. Yeah, yeah. literally. Um, but that brought us down here. And at the time uh, when I left Maryland, I was working for a sheet metal company and I was 22. And I actually walked down the street to, uh, at the time, uh, there was an air conditioning company right where the you know, it was an ambulance dispatch, and now it's, they, I think it's a fire suppression type thing. It's, you know, that, uh, that old dairy building right there on Habersham. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just walked over there, and I, I got a job there working several years. And in 2011, uh, I went ahead and got my own license, started, you know, the formation of this company at the end of the year and really went live 2012 pretty much with just me you know truck and an idea of what i wanted to do um i always thought it was weird that so many companies would make their competition about competing on price when i've never known somebody say hey i want to i'd like to purchase a price mm -hmm. um you know because in my mind, or at least, you know, the way I've watched the stuff, you know, everybody wants quality. Everybody wants reliability. They want safety and peace of mind. And they want things done to the best of the ability of whoever, you know, performing. They want to see there's pride in that work. They want to see that, you know, what they're having done is an investment, you know, not a, not a gamble. So we went out of our way to take the time to find the best materials, refine our methods, and approach the market in a way that 
was different at the time because the majority of companies, they're, you know, they just had this, you know, we're, we're going to do air conditioning work and we're going to do, you know, whatever. And we're going to try to, we're going to try to make our, our value based on how inexpensive we can deliver the product, rather how well the product can be delivered itself. Mm. And what was interesting is over the years, you know, whether it be employees filtering through the company and stuff like that, I've noticed the area itself has started to, you know, really become better. Mm -hmm. And I think... You know, you introduce a new set of values anywhere, and if it's good, it spreads, right? Um, and this is a weird market because so often people think, well, I have the tools that makes me a qualified individual for them. But the physical tools aren't really what do anything for you. It's, you know, it's, it's all those thorough mental tools you build over the years, that experience, you know, the intuition, the ability to approach a problem and resolve it and not just attack the symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. And Savannah has all these humidity issues. It's, it's fascinating because I remember in 2007 when I first got out of the car where <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> and Georgia Power hadn't turned on the electric to our apartment on 38th Street. And we had two flights of stairs to walk up. And take all this crap up there. And it was brutal. And it felt like opening the door into a steamer. And it, there's just not a lot of places like it. I mean, it's it, it, it gets as uncomfortable as Florida's most uncomfortable parts some part of the year. And unfortunately, it doesn't stay that way all year. But because of that, you know, we see a... Uh, there's a lot more humidity-related comfort issues here than you would say, you know, in the Mid-Atlantic or, you know, you know the Southwest or the areas that aren't just steamy, you know. Um, and you couple that with the loose regulation they have here on envelopes and weatherization. And you see a lot of humidity problems. Like spray foam is a rampant problem in this area because Interesting. HGTV over the years has kind of greenwashed people to go, this is great. And new construction is a fabulous product. As a retrofit, it often results in a lot more issues. And there's no regulation to inspect it or to make sure that when it's done, they do it while they're running the blower doors, so it's a proper encapsulation. You got these people doing it in attics where there's combustible devices, mm-hmm. and it's the most flammable product in the world. I mean, it, it's literally like taking a house and upping its flammability. So, you know, you, you deal with that, and it, it, it's created a new issue in this whole modern age of air conditioning where now you have these tight homes, they're holding humidity, they're often the wrong size air conditioner because in new construction the builder prioritized the lowest bid instead of, you know, somebody who was going to deliver the best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is key. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I'm not faulting builders for doing that. I mean, I get it, they're running the business, right? Um, but 
it's kind of like uh, when you look at it, it's like a group band decision, right? They're like, well, he does it. And since he's choosing like that, I should do it too. Mm. And it's, it's such a bad excuse because so many of these new construction houses, you just got to go back in, you know, three, five years later, rip out everything that was done and do it correctly. And, you know, they don't bring in fresh air. They don't do all this other stuff. It's, um, it's interesting, but it's, it's also a really satisfying market to work in because, you know, the problems are significant and the results are great because of it. I go on about that for a long time. Yeah, it's, uh, I love it when people do things the right way. They, they take these old homes and you can tell they actually thought through the renovation and they, yeah. they took the time. They got a company who actually cares about doing something right, providing the best customer service. And, and solving a problem rather than just making a fix, a quick fix for the cheapest price. Exactly. Um, something I found out kind of recently, living in these old homes and towns, uh, if it doesn't breathe, then no matter how well the, the system is that you have and you got air conditioning blowing, it won't cool. It won't feel as cool. Yeah. Clammy. Uh, yeah, and so like in our house upstairs, um, a, like a door was open, and then uh, the door was shut. All of a sudden, downstairs in the living room, you could tell this rush of air came in. Yeah, it, yeah. The the you know, in that case, you know, you almost create a stack effect, mm -hmm. and you're eliminating one path of it, so that draft kind of starts to, you know, move in a more. Uh, in a more concentrated area. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting here because, you, know, um, you know, the air conditioning problems aren't unique to Savannah, mm -hmm. right? But the, the problems we have here are unique to this area, you know, from Savannah to you know, pretty much the southern tip of Florida. You can say some of the areas in you know, South Carolina, I mean, Hilton Head's basically here. It's the same style of environment, just with um, a different building style. It is the interesting thing once you cross that side of the river, the way they build over there is different. Um, but the problems are the same. The, the, the big thing that I found down here that is good is that most people do understand they have to maintain their equipment, right? There are some areas in the country people you know, they have a car, they'll take it in for an oil change every three months, but they'll run their air conditioner 10 years and not touch it. Mm -hmm. you know, not, not change the filter, not do the simple things. And you almost think about it, it's like, it's a shame houses don't come with an operator's manual, mm -hmm. like a car does. Yes. You, you imagine how much easier that means, buy a new house, it's like, here's how you operate this house and keep it in good condition. You know, so homeowners are always figuring out for themselves. But you know, fortunately here, the tribal knowledge, most of the people already know. And so they keep up on it, and, and it helps a lot because if they didn't, you know, the average air conditioner would be half-lived. What are a lot of problems that uh, Savanians are, are calling in? I mean, obviously, the phone starts ringing off the hook in the middle of summer, and everyone says, my AC is not working. Um, but... What are some common problems that are, are coming up in heating and cooling in our area? One of the most common problems service call-wise is actually clogged drains, as weird as it sounds. Um, the high humidity here, 
combined with the change to single metal coils because the bimetal coils were all, you know, developing premature issues. So the manufacturers in the past couple years have gone to mostly all aluminum designs. And eliminating the copper out of the aluminum, you know, now it there's no copper tubing, just aluminum fins, aluminum tubing. Well, the copper had like an antimicrobial effect. Mm-hmm. So now drain lines form this, it's like a thick, gelatinous, it sounds delicious, right? Uh, gray <laughs> and pink slime. And it packs it up and, you know, that fortunately most systems have a switch on them to, you know, save the ceiling. Occasionally that switch, you know, doesn't deliver the results it's supposed to and, and you find out the worst way possible. But most of the time it'll just shut down their system. Uh, and you get a phone call, hey, my system's not running. You get out there and it's just a packed drain line. And this can even happen in ones you keep up on, um, mainly because of the change in material on the coals. And if we're having a lot of humidity and a high pollen amount and stuff like that, you know, it just it just builds up. Um, and you know, I mentioned the pollen stuff because that, that gets in everywhere. I mean, that, that's Seriously. any sort of finite particulate like that. When we have a lot of it, it's getting in the house. Speaking of... Um... So do you also do air purification, the, the filters? Yeah. Um, there's a house that I just toured, and the, the sellers recently put on this um, air filter. It was it would pump uh, pump air through and make the, the whole space clean. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Is that something that's gimmicky, or is that actually uh, it depends? Worth it? Uh, there's there's ones that I've seen work. And there are ones that don't. I've seen some weird devices that like people suspend with like a fishing line inside the system. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Kind of like a DIY thing? It's just some like weird, like it's one of those devices you look at it and you're like, ah, you can tell. And it doesn't take a, you know, a rocket surgeon to do it. Um, you know, PCOs and air scrubbers and UV lights are proven technology that have, you know, lab recorded results HEPA bypass same thing uh, ionizers uh, you know the there are several manufacturers who make these filters that are electronic that have multi-pass so you've got you know the electric charged one and a pre-filter and a catalyst and you know, you've got all that packed in there and that well, the one you described to me, if it's the way you described it, it sounds like it sits outside the system and bypasses it, and that would be a HEPA bypass. Mm. And that's the only actual HEPA type you can put in the house because HEPA is so restrictive. And if you were to put it right before the air conditioner, it's goodbye air conditioner. Um, yeah, you're filtering through a brick. And uh, yeah, the, the most any system seems to tolerate is uh, a MERV rated value of 16. In recollection hep is like a 20 plus um 16 that's a very fine particulate that it'll get down to i think it was something like 0.01 microns or you know very small mm-hmm. um and, and, and funny thing you know you mentioned air purifiers right now we're doing this thing where we're trying to find you know we put it it's like a it's a contest but at the same time we're just i believe in you know there's being someone who's been in the service industry a long time, there's sections that are 
underappreciated, especially with public services, you know, whether it be teachers, police officers, firefighters, etc. So right now we're doing this thing for teachers where, um, you know, nominate your favorite teacher and we'll put an air scrubber in their house because you think about it, teachers go back to school. And what's the first gift kids give them, right? Yep, the cold yeah. flu. You know, so this way they can, they can put a device in their house that knocks down viruses, knocks down bioaerosols, you know, reduces odors and VOCs, it's, you know, it's a secondary function that's nice as well because, you know, you can go ahead and have like a, a full salmon dinner, you know, cook it in the house and you're not going to two hours later be suffering, you know, the preparation of that meal. Yes. And, um, you know, th- those, those work great. I actually have my personal system. I have one in each one. Um, and you can tell when it's time to replace the median on because you can tell when they're working, when they're not, uh, which, which I like. Um, yeah, because I feel like if you can't notice it, is it really working? And um, I think when it comes to you know the best balance, those devices really deliver it because they have a UV light built in it. They have a photocatalyst that deals with you know creating a field effect. And the original development of those products. Uh, was by a company who was a subcontractor for the space program, right? You know, they're like, hey, we're recycling all this air. We're going to put these astronauts up here for like 200 days at a time, you know, and they're not necessarily going to be eating the best foods. We're going to put them in like tiny tin cans. We need something that's going to deal with odors and bioaerosols and, you know, stuff. I mean, you know, imagine you're in a tiny space and it's taco night, you know, it had to be rough up there. So... The original development of those, and, and they and produced a light amount of ozone, too, right? But up there, it wasn't as much of an issue, um, you know, because they're already in an oxygen-rich environment. Down here, uh, you know, some people have an irritation to it, so most of the manufacturers have gone to a low ozone or no ozone format. And um, the no ozone ones, you can't, you don't really get that, like, fresh rain smell, so it's a little bit harder to, you know, detect but you can still tell it's working interesting you know like i'm thinking about um the amount of oxygen in our our houses so when we take out all these toxins i -hmm. think you end up feeling better you have more energy um and coming home like a, a teacher or something from school it's like finally i'm back home in my my home exactly my oasis i'm rejuvenated feel better can attack the next day yeah and it you know it it reduces the chance too if you know say you have those germs and stuff on your clothes um you know it 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 helps to eliminate that on hard surfaces and stuff like that so you know if you have kids in the house less chance of bringing it home um it's it's we don't get sick very often in my house and my wife has got like that skill where she can catch anything. Um, so I, you know, I've, I've noticed. Uh, you know, we have two small children, and one of whom always brings gifts home from school. We've noticed that you know none of us ever pick it up, and I think a lot of that's by having proper air movement, proper devices in the house. We change our air, you know, so often through a, a ventilator. That's uh, ERV, so. As I push air outside, we bring air inside across a transfer coil, so it tempers it, 
So mm-hmm. it's not like just bringing in this super hot air from outside, and then I pass it through a dehumidifier and back into my system. That's awesome. We're uh, partnered in this program that's uh, called Pearl, and it's like a quality assurance efficiency program for homeowners that involves realtors and contractors, and it's you know tied into that green door, uh, which is you know like a program that lists the properties, and my understanding is it you know rates them based on their efficiency and durability, etc. Um, and what the way Pearl functions is they take the top 5% of contractors in the country, and those are the only ones they allow in their program so they can certify the work, both the quality and the efficiency, which has to be measured through testing. Um, and they assign either an asset value or a, like, metal value, right? And gold, I believe, right now being the top one. And... It allows homeowners to see the actual value of both the efficiency that it's going to, you know, make as the living costs, you know, keeping it low and reliable for the house. And they did a lot of extensive research to correlate that with long-term durability of equipment as well. Uh, and. What's nice is they went out of their way to make sure with this new Inflation Reduction Act that's got like up to $8,000 in incentives and uh, has a lot of huge tax credits that they made it to where they're already qualified to process that. So us and the other you know select contractors in the country who are involved in their program can help the people you know who are eligible for those those grants and those tax credits, you know, really maximize their value. Um, and on the realist, realtor side, I'm not as, you know, being that I'm a contractor, I'm not as mm-hmm. in-depth on it, but I know it provides um, some extra tools and extra access um, to both realtor and client involved with their programs. And I know it can be found at pearlcertification.com, I think. It's a, or if you just, you know, use our favorite search engine that everybody says is getting replaced by AI, right? Um, but uh, just go ahead and type in Pearl Certification. They've got like a four realtors, a four homeowners, and a four contractor section, you know, and you can take a look and it's it's got a lot of valuable information in there. And it also kind of gives a more in-depth explanation of what I was, you know, doing my best to explain on their behalf. Mm-hmm. But we found that that program has a lot of value um, because, you know, so often you, you go with a, you know, prospective buyer, seller, right? They, home inspectors. Mm-hmm. And you hear it a lot. Why did the home inspector miss this, right? I mean, it's somebody who went to school for two weeks to get a certification. And sure, yeah, maybe they've looked at a thousand houses. But if all your previous experience was two weeks in a classroom, and then it doesn't matter if you looked at 10,000 houses. You haven't developed what you're really looking for. So they, they catch a lot of the stuff, but they miss all the mechanical things because it's it's not easy knowledge to understand or digest, right? I mean, it's it's all math and science. So they'll look at an air conditioner, and they'll put their thing up there, and they'll go, it's mm-hmm. this temperature and that, and most of them don't even know how to read temperature correctly with their guns. 
Um, you know, they don't realize that those infrared thermometers that are very popular, they have a cone. So when you shoot it from here to here, it's like a big circle. And the closer you are, the smaller your cone is. Mm -hmm. So when they're standing 25 feet away across the room and they're shooting a register, they're really getting a six foot circle of temperature. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, they just, it, that's the most common thing, you know, I hear, you know, well, I, why didn't the home inspector catch this? Well, I mean, sometimes if, you know, maybe if homeowners have questions, it's a good idea to just call a heat and air company. Hey, can you come look at this? Exactly. Um, because it's, it's kind of like you go to your normal doctor and you're like, hey, why didn't you catch this? And they're like, well, I'm not a lung doctor. I'm not a stomach doctor, right? And I'm, and, and, and you get to these very specialized, nuanced, you know, niche fields. And this, there's just so much that you have to know to be able to catch things. And so I, I think, um, you know, with what Pearl does by having all that attached, it eliminates that need almost for that area of inspection, right? It's already been certified. It's already been uh, quantified. It's already been, you know, third-party validated. And... Uh, What's, what's, what's wild is they, 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 they want to know that, you know, everybody's doing such a good job. They reach out to, you know, anybody who has a certification. How was your experience with this contractor? Mm. Would you do it again? Would you recommend them? Right? Because they, they want to know that everybody in their program is that top 5%. And um, I think uh, especially, you know, as we see the interest rates rise and stuff like that and everything gets tighter fiscally. You know, these these programs are really gonna, you know, be the things that open doors for people mm -hmm. to continue to have the opportunities they want. And it's hard to get a house right now. Not a lot on the market, right? Mm -hmm. And everything's you know more expensive than it was last year. My father, uh, for a while, was a business broker, and on the back of his wall, he said everything was less expensive yesterday. Yes, um, and it's true. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think our market too. It's 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 right at that point too, where it's you know things are going to you know our density is increasing and you know things are going to get more and more expensive. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are moving to Savannah from all over. Yeah, and and these these people think it's perfectly normal to pay four hundred dollars a square foot, which is wild. It all kind of depends on what uh, the buyer is willing to to pay. Yeah, um, it's been fortunate for for some sellers. Uh, it's been tough with some buyers, um, but what I hear a lot is still a lot of people love the Savannah area, for weather, location, just the the history of the houses. Well, you know, interesting thing about the weather, if you took out the couple months we have that are pretty brutal, yeah, it's more comfortable than the most comfortable spots of California. Mm -hmm. Last year, in fact, up until summer hit. You could look at that span pretty much from the end of September all the way until end of June at this point. Sorry. And it was a, uh, it was like a 68 degree average temperature. That's awesome. Yeah, That's like I mean, the perfect. Yeah. It's, why wouldn't you want to live here? I mean, it's, it's a beautiful place. It, it's run relatively efficiently, which is something hard to say in America these days, right? I mean... You know, it's hard to manage these cities, and Savannah does a decent job. And uh, it it hasn't been it hasn't lost its personality. Mm. 
so many like Main Street America towns or these places you go to, I mean, it, it just feels like the same place you've just been. You know, you go one big city to another, you're like, yeah, feels about the same now. Mm-hmm. But you go somewhere like Savannah, it has it has a feel that's unique, it's special, and they do a great job of preserving that. Now, you know, we're, we're blessed to have the organization they have where they keep our historic districts pristine, mm-hmm. and they don't allow for things to be erected that would take away from that feel that we get, you know, from living here. I mean, it it's like nowhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a special place. You know, I, I live downtown, and now I live on Skidaway Island, and um, I've never lived anywhere in Savannah that I didn't love. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different pockets of, of areas that are unique. There's the downtown, there's uh, Midtown, on Skidaway, the islands. Um, oh, yeah. There's literally something for everybody. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of always grouped everything into the, periods or way they've been built right so you've got like i almost see skidaway as like three different little distinct towns you know when you look at the way you know you, you, they they built in phases um and the construction styles mirror it and then you know same thing you know with the other barrier islands but downtown has such a special it it, it just it just resonates with people when you think about, i mean ardsley is very very cool mm-hmm. you know to, to see a suburban environment that brings you back to the early 1900s and then it's it's neat how our districts they kind of it's like a path through time as you go deeper downtown or as you go further north yeah so you can pretty much time travel you can you can you can start from midtown and you cross over to Wren, which is i swear everybody enunciates that's where that road wrong and hopefully i said it right but yes duran yeah right i think when i first moved here i called it duran a We've heard that a lot. Yeah. So we should do an episode on how to pronounce different street names in Savannah. Oh, yeah. That way. I had, a tech, I had a tech who kept calling it Abercrombie Road. <laughs> I'm like, doesn't even say that. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he, how he read into it like that. But, yeah, it's, some people just, they, they see a word and they automatically associate something with it. I didn't mean to interrupt you, by the way. No, that's fine. Um... I wanted to ask, though, it, talking about history, the Savannah houses, the architecture, we have historic district closer downtown towards the river, and then you get out more suburbs as you go south. And um, Is there anything that's more difficult or more nuanced when you go and do like an air conditioning system downtown and you have to oh, deal yeah. with... Downtown's the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Those houses were designed to be as comfortable as possible without air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some buildings downtown. Uh, some of the churches had setups where they would have a fire in the top of you know one of those raised roof lines. And they'd keep it like that, even in the summertime, mm-hmm. right? That fire would create a draft. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the first you know, form of conditioning you know, prior to mechanical stuff. Um, That's awesome. But because of the way these buildings breathe, and the really high ceilings, the large thermal mass of the combination of plaster and brick and lack of insulating materials in most of them create a different number of problems you run into. And then you have stuff where people have expanded on these houses over time 
in a lot of the finished rooms that have been added, they'll have a courtyard and they'll just three, I call it three wall in it, right? They're like, oh, well, you know, we had this bay area above. We're just going to close this thing in down here. Well, moisture still comes up through the bottom. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of interesting add-ons that people have added air conditioning stuff and they're like, yeah, the space never works right. And it's, I mean, it, it's still kind of outside. Um, and you run into that a lot downtown. And then if those envelopes are messed with, like one thing you don't want to do is make the downtown buildings very super tight. Mm -hmm. They need to breathe the way they do. That balloon framing and everything. It, those buildings have existed for hundreds of years in good shape for a reason. Yeah. And right? people survived. Yeah. So don't tighten them up too much. Don't mess with them. You know, just... Just make sure you dress, you know, for the fact that it has more air changes an hour, uh, naturally. And stop that air from coming from the bad spaces. You don't want it coming from the attic down. You don't want it coming through your floorboards, you know, from your crawl space. But if you got a little bit of air that leaks through your windows or leaks through your doors, it's not terrible. You know, and, and it's, considering most of those houses mm -hmm. don't have a single, I mean, you could say they have flat surfaces, but nothing's level. It, you could drop a bunch of marbles in any historic home and they're going to go any exactly which way you know everything's settled and it, it, it has a charm to it when um, you or the technicians go into um, any of the houses like older older homes in savannah what is something you love to see if it's like a, a flipper or somebody who's restoring a home um, like you said don't go in there do the hgtv thing uh, just seal off everything that way the house can't breathe uh, what is something that kind of makes you happy I like when we're brought into a job and it's not because the client was looking for somebody to say yeah what you're doing is correct when it's not, you know, when, when, you know, they bring us in for honest advice and they, and they want to take, you know, you, you ever, if you ever done consulting for anybody, you know, a lot of times people want you to validate what they want, but you got to do the right thing by them. And when it's not right, you just got to be honest with them. Mm -hmm. And I find just being as straightforward as possible is the nicest way to do it. And, you know, I like working with people who know what they want, know the results they want. And understand that you know we can totally make it happen, mm -hmm. um, but with you know the ones who don't put barriers up, like I want you to do it, but I really want to have this with it, with a this with it thing being something you know is going to cause a problem, and mm -hmm. you know you address it. Well, I, I want to let you know that's going to be an issue, that's going to cause problems for you. you. Shouldn't do that. You should just not do that part, and we should approach it like this. Um, you know. The, with Savannah, big issue is ductwork, right? Most of these houses had air conditioning systems added when they were heating only. The ductwork doesn't have right insulation. It's undersized. And it sweats. It's just, you know, it's a mess. So, so often, you know, they'll say, I just want to throw, you know, give me the very best system you have, but put it on that ductwork. Mm. And you have, to, you have to say no. Because what you don't want to do is give them a roadmap of where that ductwork is on their ceiling. 
And that, that's what will happen with these high-efficiency systems on a, on a really bad duct system. I mean, you look up, and it's like looking at an X-ray. You can see everywhere it was because it water stains. Yeah. So the, 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 the new higher-efficiency stuff that has all the dehumidification built in, you have, to, you have to address it. You have to make sure all that's right. Um, and I kind of got all set. But, yeah, I like my favorite clients are the ones who know what they want and where we can make a big impact. Mm-hmm. The more problems there are, the more satisfying it is when they're all gone. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind being the one who, oh, you know, everybody's tried this and everybody can get it. You know, some people say, oh, I love those ones. Well, I'd, I'd rather be the first one in so they didn't have to experience that pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's a deep satisfaction to going somewhere where you know somebody's been suffering and they're doing a lot of pain, a lot of anxiety, a lot of issues with it. And they're, you know, homeowners go, oh, I'm just ready to burn this house mm-hmm. down. You know, I hate this house, you know, and change it back to a place they can love, you know, somewhere that feels like home. Doesn't feel like it's working against them, right? Yeah. Sounds like you're a problem solver um, and goes into a situation takes into consideration what the homeowner really needs, even though they're saying, I want this, I want that. It's, we're gonna try to make that happen, um, but here's what here's what you really need. This is what's really gonna be the most effective in the long term and um, really make you the most happy. Exactly. You know, and it, cause it's, you know, you look at it like, you know, almost like your children, right? Yeah, they want, they want to eat cake all day. Right? but you know, it's not necessarily good for them or their health. And, um, but it tastes the best. Mm-hmm. All their friends say it's great. And, and, and that's, you know, that's the tough thing about it. Um, because you have a responsibility to that homeowner for you know, the next 10 years. And what they really, really want are the results more than anything. You know, that's what they seem to have in their mind. I want my house to feel this way. And they want the peace of mind that it's going to continue operating without driving them crazy. Awesome. Well, um, I definitely want to make sure we get in how people can contact you, um, contact the company, and just have their problem solved. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's several ways to get in contact with us. You know, we have our office by phone. you know, just 912-232-6586 is our main line. Our website actually has convenient booking options where you can go on there and you can just make an appointment. You know, I've, I've felt we've gotten to the point with technology where a lot of us seem to want to talk to people less on the front end. So, you know, we wanted to make sure we could accommodate that and provide a really easy way. So the customer can go right to the website. They can pick a time slot. And uh, then go ahead and book in there. And if there's going to be any issues, we call you know beforehand. Hey, we just want to let you know we're you know we're backed up. You know we'll get as close to that slot as possible. Um, we can always nail that day. So you know the the day availability is no problem. Um, and there's a convenience to it. So no matter yeah, you know, it could be two in the morning. Oh, I don't want to call somebody. You know what website? Bam, book done. Awesome. And uh, you know we're we're. We have a, a function too where they can, you know, they can go ahead and text back and forth uh, with us through a partner we use called Podium, mm-hmm. and that allows them to message us, you know, any time of the day. So should they, you know, if if their if their preference is text or their preference is email, 
Um, we just wanted to make it as easy as possible so that when somebody's uncomfortable, they don't have to fight a bunch of anxiety to try to reach us. And, um, you know, it, it, it's tough because, you know, after hours and stuff like that, you know, often a, a, lot, of, a lot of companies have gone away. Um, because technicians, you know, since there's less and less of them, have gotten where they don't want an on-call schedule like a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you have, to, you have to work with less labor, and you have to have a very good triage system. You know, you essentially have one ambulance, right, at that time instead of 15. So it, it, it changes the way that you have to dispatch and the way that you have to approach that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the best, the, I think uh, my prefer you know, me, when I'm booking a contractor, booking anybody, I really like using those new digital booking methods because it's, it's just it's 10 seconds or, you know, three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a huge advantage there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything that, uh, that we've talked about and just coming on. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or let people know? Um. I mean, we covered a lot. I'd, I'd you know, we, we have another program where, you know, uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be rolling it out later this year and we do it, you know, each year. And I've got one client I'm doing in Hilton Head right now, but we look for people who legitimately cannot afford to replace their air conditioner. And every year we select a couple of the ones who need it the most mm-hmm. and we go ahead and we take care of it for them. That's awesome. Um, and typically around November, you know, because at that point we have a, a deep amount of customers that we've seen, you know, we're able to go back through and, you know, see clients who had trouble with financing, see stuff like that, and reach out to them and let them know, you know, we want to help. Um, last year, uh, we were able to help, you know, three different households, uh, one of which was a uh, retired Navy veteran who's on oxygen, hadn't had air in three years. Uh, we're doing one now for an older woman on Hilton Head, um, who I'd actually, uh, ironically, I was I was watching the news, and I saw this news story, and um, you know she was going through some stuff. But the biggest thing that stood out to me is you know I liked I really liked her energy you know she's kind of like a spitfire and. Every window in her house had a window unit, and I saw that right away. So I, uh, you know, spent about a month and a half trying to track down, you know, how we get in contact with her. And then uh, you know, we got out there about a month ago, and I just let her know, hey, I'd like to go ahead and take care of this for you, so and get rid of all those window units, and you guys can go back to a comfortable house. And it was wild. This woman was 93 years old, and she had a ladder set up because she was fixing her own roof. Oh my gosh! And uh, I mean, she was so spry. Uh, in 93, excuse me. I, I say 98. Spry. Yeah, but I mean. I uh, really dug her energy, and, and you know, finding people like that who we can help—it's—it's um, it's one of the more fun things, you know, of the business. It's deeply satisfying, um, and so in a, in a couple months, you know, we'll, we'll be looking for individuals. So if, if there is anybody like that, we'd love for them to reach out to us, tell us their story, and let us know how we can help. That's awesome. Well, cool. I'm hoping that more people get into. Um like trades business because uh, we really need more people who have a customer service heart uh, really knows their stuff and, and just wants to come from a place of, of helping 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's about. This is the service industry. It starts with service. And it's not about moving boxes. And you got all these PE companies who have, you know, bought a lot of our local companies. And they don't have the customer's best interest at heart. They just, they just want to sell stuff. And it's, um, it's tough because, you know, you see that and it can't, it can't help but bother you, you know, when you know there's a right way to do things and a not right way. And I think it's good that we have, there, there, there are, we have some really good local companies here in Savannah. But that's one of the big things I've seen industry-wide that's toxic is the ones who were local and now are owned by private equity firms. And mm. just like being owned by a hedge fund, you know, you can imagine the toxicity that becomes in those type of organizations because they prioritize profit, not potential. You know, they, they care more about selling than service. And I hope that the industry does not fall to that to where customers have to, you know, have to constantly search to, well, who isn't owned by one of these, you know, hedge fund, private equity groups, you know, I mean, they shouldn't have to look, you know, for that. They should be able to trust anybody that comes out. That's the one dangerous thing I've seen. Um, and, and you see it in a lot of industries, right? I mean, you guys have seen it with real estate and, um, you know, it's, it's dentist office. I mean, any sort of service, you know, every time these, these, these large PE companies get involved, the human element becomes less important. And, Business is really just an extension of community. So mm-hmm. when you take out the humanity part of it, it, it's it's not good. Yeah, we love local. Yeah, me too. You know, I I I I I prefer to shop local, work local. You know, because business is built on relationships. You know, and that's clients are like uh, like an extension of family. You know, you, you really get to know them. Uh, you know that there's so many wonderful people that you get to help over the years and it's it it um it's really great you know i mean and that's one of the nice things about being in the service you get to interact with so many people and the majority of them are amazing you know and, and you know it really is a great place i don't know if other markets are that way but our markets you know got a lot of wonderful individuals yeah Maybe that's part of the, the grand old South. Yeah. Yeah, the Southern charm. Yeah, it, it really it really is friendlier here. I mean, um, it wasn't like that when I grew up in Maryland. Mm-hmm. It was like the opposite of friendly. And I'm sure everybody, all they had to do now is look at the news to see why somebody wouldn't want to live in Baltimore. Yes. Um, you know, I, one quick thing I thought was funny. I heard... Uh, You've heard the term Slovana, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it didn't really hit me until recently that that it might have come because when it gets really hot in the, the summers, not a lot of people want to go out and be moving around because you just instantly walk outside and sweat. Yeah. Um, so moving very slowly in the south in the, the summer heat, and uh, I guess that name kind of stuck. I think it's a combination of that. And that it's island life here, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
when you live on, you know, you look at, you, you think of the Caribbean, right? Everybody's just happier than on island time. And definitely, you know, the heat's down there too. And I think it's the same thing. You know, you, you just, it's hot. Next level hot. And when it is, you, know, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be Lance Armstrong on your bike outside or, you know, running 100 meters or anything. You're like, I, I want to be somewhere where it's not this. You know, you know, movie theater, indoors, wherever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. I think you know, you know, it, it, it's a slower pace here. Um, to a lot of things, you know, and when people move here, they they notice that they go, they go, things seem to happen less fast here. I say, yeah, they they do, they do happen less quickly, and. Um, but that's part of the that's part of why it's still Savannah, right? I mean it. We're what 50, 60, 70 years behind a lot of other places. Uh, you know, if, if if you think about the way they're they're set up, and it's great. You know, it, it really is because the community's tighter because of it. Mm. People still say hi when they're walking down the street. They wave to you. Uh, you know, it inside the communities, whether it be Wilmington Island or Skidaway Island or you know downtown, everybody waves to each other on bikes. You know. On the islands, they wave to each other in golf carts, almost like they're driving boats down the river. Yeah. Know? And you go down the river, everybody's waving to you, and it's just so happy to see each other. It's you know, it, it's it's a really happy place. I love it. I'm I'm so honored and, and so glad to call it home. Yeah, me too. I uh, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else at this point. <laughs>